0: because a lot of times I'll I'll meet with potential clients or I'll have business meetings and people say, wow, you know, I see your LinkedIn posts or I see what you're doing. You have a really busy life. And I tell them, "Uh "Uh-uh, I do not use the B word. I say Mm -hmm. I have a full life and I'm the CEO. So it is my choice. I choose to have this life, but yeah, I don't, I don't use the B word.
1: How much can a 30-minute conversation with the right person change your life, career, mindset, and actions? Asking questions and listening to learn has taken me around the world and through two master's degrees. I'm Rob, a learn-it-all voicing a growth mindset and working with my podcast team to share perspectives that empower listeners who believe there's more to all of our stories. These relatable coffee chats are the fun, fast, and free way to laugh, learn, and look back while we witness purpose and direction for making our own way with heart and hard work. All right. Heart, hard work, action. That means we're live here with Sarah A. Scala. Awesome to have you, Sarah. Winding down the day, I'm drinking some tea. What are you drinking over there? Drinking some green tea with some honey. Ooh, green tea. I got raspberry hibiscus, so it's, it's hey. a good time over here. Um, Love that you're willing to sit down and talk with us today. We're going to have an awesome conversation, hearing about all of your experiences, talking about rushing philanthropy, as well as rest and taking breaks, why those have been so important to you in your profound career. I'm going to give you a full introduction in just a minute. But before that, listeners of this podcast know that the first question we like to ask is how do you want to be witnessed? The reason is because we strive to bridge the gap between how we see ourselves and how others get to see us as well. So to empower you and to empower our listeners to see more within themselves, I want to ask you, Sarah, how would you like to be witnessed?
0: I would like to be witnessed as a leader that brings a lot of energy, that that's able to engage people and use both empathy and drive and hard work Well, I get to enjoy this ride that is life.
1: I feel it. And from getting to talk to you since we met uh, in Kim's session and just learning more about you and your biography as our listeners are about to, we're going to find out why that is. So serving as a consultant, coach, and educator, Sarah Scala's experiential and high energy approach increases client revenue, reduces turnover, creates business value, and transforms performance of executives, leaders, and teams, helping them reach their highest potential. She provides organizational and leadership development, executive coaching, change management, public speaking facilitation, and team development solutions. She supports US-based and global clients across cultures, generations, geographies, and diverse industries. She has an extensive experience working with organizations that strive to balance excellent performance, in addition to supporting LGBTQ leaders. Sarah, there's so much that we have to learn from you, and I can't wait to get into that and to hear about what these key takeaways have meant to you. But before that, we're going to laugh, we're going to learn, and we're going to look back with you. We're going to put you in a hot seat for two minutes for some one to two word answers and get to relate to you more on a personal level. These are great questions to use in the beginning of Teams calls or any time just to kind of get an easy way to break the ice or to get to a, a more foundational level of relationship. Are you Ready. Ready. Two minutes on the clock. And first question What color are you feeling right now? I'm feeling
0: yellow, like sunshine, Robert. Yellow, (laughs) energy, excited, ready to go.
1: Like, I love it. What's your life mantra?
0: My life mantra. Oh, we can sleep later. Work hard, work hard, live a great life, sleep.
1: (laughs) It's like, There'll there'll
0: be time for that later.
1: Yeah, bring it on. What's your favorite quote?
0: I never lose. I only win or I learn and that's Nelson Mandela.
1: Nice. Very nice. Bringing in Nelson for this one. What's a movie you could never get tired of?
0: Pretty Woman.
1: Nice. A song that empowers you.
0: Um. Hmm. That's a good question. I'm so empowered by all different music, Robert, from jazz Network. to big band to hip hop to r&b to rap i i don't know that there's just one song
1: welcome at all are you a morning or a night person
0: morning person
1: what's one food that you can never get tired of lobster (laughs) covered in butter cake
0: not in the same not in the same bite oh it could be
1: at the same time would you rather a mountain a beach or a forest vacation
0: uh mountain
1: Mm, interesting Uh, personally i'd rather be on a beach but that's okay Uh, would you rather have chunky or smooth peanut butter smooth Mm, okay we're kind of divided on this podcast but that's going to be a groundbreaking question are you a dog (laughs) or a cat person dog okay what's a fake superpower that you wish you had flying okay flying okay put in that category would you rather swim bike or run I do all three Robert I'm a
0: triathlete so for really? me to have to pick and choose I think it depends on the day of the week if it's piping hot I'd rather be swimming laps if it's you know this afternoon I went for a bike ride and the okay. other day we gotta, I went for a run go ahead we
1: gotta dig into that All right. last question is what is an animal that describes your spirit the monkey the monkey spirit animal all right finishing up I I'm curious so you are a triathlete I didn't even realize that I'm training for an Ironman right now what uh How long have you been a triathlete for?
0: Uh, About 14 years.
1: Wow. So fascinating. So I developed these questions for that exact reason, because you get a chance to just learn something about someone and who knows what it could lead to. So uh, offline, I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about triathlete stuff, but moving on for the pod, for the sake of the podcast, I want to talk more about those top learning takeaways for our listeners back home. Um, And so the three things that you really said have made a difference and had a vivid impact on your experience and all of your leadership are rushing, philanthropy, and resting and taking breaks, and specifically your engagement, the way you think about these things. So the first thing, when you say rushing, you want to tell us a little bit more about what that's meant to you?
0: Yep. It means, uh, you know, from early, very early in my career, you know, I was told, slow down, be present, be in the moment. So when I feel myself rushing, I know I need to pause reflect, take a deep breath or two, and
1: then reset my pace. Mm, that, that, so I like to take a sip every time for our listeners. Like, I feel like that's advice you're probably telling me that I need to hear because I'm often just always trying to go, go, go and, and try to figure it all out. So what's something that helps you slow things down? Like how do you notice when you're in the moment that you're trying to go too fast?
0: Well, these days with smart watches and heart rate monitors and things like that, my Google—I mean, my Garmin watch—will tell me if I seem stressed. So that is certainly helpful over the past year or two. But I think it's when I feel like I have to—I feel like I have to um, speed up to keep pace. That's a that's a good um, indicator that I may need to slow down just a little
1: bit. I like that. I'm with you with that, with the Garmin watch as well. I I feel like I'm a big fan of the data um, now, ever since someone gifted me this, I love it. But to be able to notice those external cues and like, feel the pressure and like, just take a moment to slow back. That takes a lot of emotional intelligence. That takes a lot of you being able to reflect and take a a micro reflection, if kind of the way I think about it and just be like, hey, this is what I think I'm trying to achieve. Maybe the best thing to do is actually take 15 minutes to step back, take a break before I come back to whatever it is I'm trying to work on instead of just sitting in front of a computer screen for 50 minutes and barely doing anything.
0: Yeah. And when you talk about emotional intelligence, which I teach uh, both at Harvard University through the Harvard ed portal, but as well as workshops for my clients, what you just spoke about really talks highly about being Mm self-aware, being aware of what's going on, where am I at? How am I feeling? And what can I shift or or change to put me in a better place?
1: Yeah. And so you teach emotional intelligence. I think a lot of people have a misunderstanding about what emotional intelligence is. I know I certainly did. And a big part of what this podcast does is it tries to re or it tries to expand perspectives and give us a way to rethink things as well. So emotional intelligence, as I was kind of always thought about it growing up, was like, okay, you cry. It's okay to cry. And if you ask a lot of people, they might give you that response, especially men, uh, That the ones that I talk to and you know, I'm trying to reach with the messages that we send. But there's so much more to it from self-awareness to adaptability, resilience, grit, all of the things that we associate with being like the tough, like, you know, we can grind, grind, you know, that work, work, work mindset that you can't have if you don't have emotional intelligence, confidence is emotional intelligence. But rather than me explain it, I really want to know, like, could you could you break down a little bit more for us, like what emotional intelligence really is in your experience?
0: Yeah, I mean, it really depends on, you know, whose model are we talking about? Are we looking at Daniel Goleman's model? Are we looking at others? But really, I like to look at emotional intelligence as competencies and skills. They can never be perfect. It's mm. like communicating. When somebody says, oh, you need to be a better communicator, you can never be perfect.
1: Mm. Same
0: thing with emotional intelligence. And the research is showing that as much as we work on it, it's sometimes difficult to make huge gains in those areas. It's sort right. of like lifelong pursuit of excellence as a leader, as an employee, is to strengthen our emotional intelligence.
1: Right. We had a we had a great speaker on a couple of episodes previously. His name was Jack Zwingli. So listeners can go back and check out that episode about emotional intelligence. And he talks about, too, is emotional intelligence is not something that changes overnight. And most of the time you can only focus on about yeah. one skill per year. Right. Is that accurate?
0: I, so. I would say so. Yeah. And it's you know, it's, it's one of the it's an area because the model that I often reference has four competencies, looking at at Dan Goleman's work, but it's going to evolve what that looks like for you too. So you can be working on self awareness or relationship management. But your relationships are often changing. The people right. you work with are changing. The people that are in your um, networking groups or clients are changing all the time, and that's why I look at it as as sort of a, a lifelong endeavor because those factors are always going to shift you're going to go through stuff in your own life as well personally and in your career where your emotional intelligence will hopefully evolve to continue to support you but it takes work
1: yeah that that's worth taking a sip just and realize that you're changing everything's changing is worth reflecting on just one thing at a time in that slow and steady process instead of the big picture of everything. So the the actionable takeaway there is just pick one thing and get, you know, be really diligent about it one thing at a time. Three, three, maybe you check on it every quarter or so. Does that sound like a fair plan? I don't do you have a different idea of like how someone could work on that.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, a good way to support your development and emotional intelligence is to have an accountability partner. Or if you already have an executive or a leadership coach, number of my clients are working on strengthening an emotional, their emotional intelligence, but this isn't a client I'm working with for a day or a week or a month or two. This is a client I'm under long-term contracts with often that has developed emotional intelligence as a few development areas. So, right. so having a coach is helpful or a group for coaching for sure, but having an accountability partner as well that you could just check in with every couple of weeks or every month to just say, what's going on? How can I support you? How can you support me? Peer development I think is critical and it's usually free. So
1: (laughs) That's what we hope. I've taken another sip for that one. We have our LinkedIn hard and hard worker community. So if you're looking for an accountability coach or peer or partner or teammate, you know, jump on there, send some comments and look for that community where we can look to hold each other accountable, as well as be resources for each other. And the second point that you brought up was philanthropy and how that has been an important and it has had a vivid impact on you and your experience. So can you tell us a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah, I've been uh, giving back to communities, to my communities for decades. Um, you know, eight or 10 years ago, I was serving meals to those in need at Balmoth Together on Cape Cod. Just showing up, helping put meals to out you know, on tables, helping to put meals in people's plates. Extremely fulfilling. More recently, I've served as in a board of directors for International Coach Federation, New England chapter. I also volunteer with the Massachusetts Conference for Women, where I'm a volunteer coach for that. And so there's just been been a number of opportunities. Um, Prior to 10 years ago, I volunteered to teach kayaking for 10 years in my 20s and early 30s. Yeah, I've been kayaking since I was seven or eight and um, helping others to be comfortable and confident on the water has been a blast. And so earlier in my career, I volunteered to be an instructor for 10 years to teach folks safety on the water.
1: That's so powerful because it sounds to me that you made it a point in your career to help people first as you were developing. A lot of times, I think we have the broken model that people think I'm going to get rich and then I'm going to help people. So, can you explain to me what your mindset was like early on?
0: Uh, I just, I've just always had a part of me that wants to help others. That wants to help others, and so philanthropy—whether it's charitable contributions, whether it's serving on boards, or physically putting meals on people's plates—it's a great boost for me personally. Especially if I'm having a rough day, boy. When I'm out there, you know, helping people that are that have bigger needs than I do, it makes me feel better about myself, about the work I'm doing, and about um, contributing to making nice. other people's lives better or safer on the water, or helping people to have a bit of an edge in their career through providing coaching.
1: That's beautiful. Yeah, that was worth the sip as well. And so just thinking about the overlap, I think a successful career, a successful entrepreneurial endeavor, a successful passion, or just any type of work that you do is going to have an overlap of something you're good at, something that you are passionate about and interested in, something you can get paid for and something that provides good and helps others. So for you yeah. to have shaped your career and clearly a very successful one to now be teaching you know, emotional intelligence at Harvard and all of the grand things that I was able to introduce in your introduction, that was so awesome. It, it goes to show how far those things can take you and help you continue to fill your bucket. And so philanthropy is not something that you have to think about at the end, but rather along the way.
0: Yeah, I think, uh... I, I highly suggest people find ways to give back and also find ways to find mentors. I think those two things have been really pivotal in my career, Robert.
1: Oh, it's absolutely. I could tell how that's shaped to where you are today. And the third thing you talked about is resting and taking breaks. So, yep. I mean, this is something I'm, that is really tough for anyone to shape because we have such a Grind, no days off, no excuses. Kind of kill yourself, or you're not doing it hard enough. Mindset. What do you What do you mean when you say rest and break and take breaks?
0: Well, my company that just celebrated its tenth year in business last week, Sarah Scala Consulting, Woo-hoo. and Robert, for the, for the entire ten years, I have not worked a Friday. So I'm a big believer in the three day weekend. Work hard the first four and play and rest the last three. And, you know, when I say rest and recover, sometimes that's taking a bubble bath and sometimes it's climbing a mountain or, you know, going skiing or, or going sea kayaking or riding a, a half century on my bike. So wow. taking a break and resting, sometimes it's napping or sleeping, but a lot of the time it involves for me, being in nature, being outdoors, and right. being adventurous. That rejuvenates me.
1: And stepping away from work, right? I mean, creativity, okay. by definition, can't happen when you're constantly under stress, under pressure, under duress. You, you need to step back and have the mind free to just cultivate whatever thoughts come about. And that leads to innovation and inspiration, I bet, right?
0: Yeah, and it's really hard to multitask when I'm swimming or when I'm riding my bike or if I'm going for a run. And so I get some really great business ideas, thoughts, and I'm able to solve some challenges when I'm out of the office. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of taking vacation time. I, I vacation a lot. I take Fridays off. Right. I work hard the other days, but that rest and rejuvenation has been really pivotal in my career.
1: Yeah, for me, I, I actually, I think, tie back in emotional intelligence, I, I was sent an email to Jack and I was like, I had a great, I had some great R&R this summer, Jack Zwingli from the emotional intelligence episode. And I said, I did some great reflecting and reframing. So instead of thinking about it as just pure break and doing nothing, it actually helps me mentally to think about it as a recharge, a time to reflect, a time to reframe. When I travel, when I, this, this summer, I got to go all over Europe and catch up with friends, and I was in, you know, countries that I didn't ever even expect it to be in, but I was just there and then decided to travel there once I got there. But all the while I was, you know, having fun making memories of my friends, but doing a lot of journaling, a lot of reflecting, a lot of redirecting for where I wanted this podcast to go, how I wanted to prepare for my career this next year. And it's just so essential to me to take that time. And it's not something that I get on the day to day. I tend to, and and I'm sure a lot of listeners because based on who I've talked to can relate, I tend to burn myself out. I just grind really hard. And then I get to the, that break and it's like big break all at once. It's like head down work and then reflect and reframe like, wow, that didn't work. Don't do that again. And then kind of just do the same thing again. But I really like that you're systematic about no Fridays, make sure you build in that rest. It's probably has some overlap to do with your triathlete nature and being able to prepare for those big triathlons.
0: Yeah, that I think. And um, I don't know if I told you this before, but I have a bachelor's degree in adventure recreation. So I understand recreation theory, the importance of rejuvenating because I studied it for four years. So I think that definitely has contributed to this philosophy and my approach to running my own company now for the past 10 years.
1: That is fascinating. and, And clearly it's working and it's clicking for you. So um, cheers to that there's worth a sip and just reflecting on your top three takeaways. You know, don't you, we don't have to rush, have the emotional intelligence to know before we dive in before we are, are we really giving our best effort philanthropy along the way? And that can take more forms than just having to give money. It could be time. It could be resources. It could be help in the smallest capacities and how much that does to give back to ourselves and refresh ourselves, which is online with the third takeaway to rest take breaks, take time to recharge, to reflect so that you can move forward and be your most effective person. I mean, to tie in, just to to put a little bow on the end of it, Stephen Covey talks about the difference between being busy, efficient, and effective. You can't truly be effective unless you're reflecting on what you want to be achieving. And so that's, that's some really powerful takeaways.
0: Exactly. And it's funny, because a lot of times I'll, I'll meet with potential clients, or I'll have business meetings, and people say, wow, you know, I see your LinkedIn posts, or I see what you're doing. You have a really busy life. And I tell them, "Uh-uh, I do not use the B word. I say, mm-hmm. I have a full life, and I'm the CEO. So it is my choice. Right. I choose to have this life. But yeah, right. I, don't, I don't use the B word.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm well, that's a great perspective right there. We're not going to use the B word anymore. So no more. Cheers. So Cheers. it's been great. We got to connect with you a little bit deeper than those, those hot seat questions and learning your key takeaways. I want to go a little bit deeper now and look back as we reflect on a star story for anyone that's listening for the first time uh, in business, we're often asked to communicate during interviews by telling a star story, which is a format known as situation, task, action, and results. It's also just a helpful way to think about communicating and telling stories in general, because it makes core information accessible, and it's easy for the listener. Now, this is why it's it's worth hearing someone with such grand ex- expertise and experience like you to practice, because we can reflect and strengthen as listeners get to emulate and, and witness how you would do it and be able to do it for themselves. So the question that I want to ask you for this episode is if you could tell us about a time when you had to lead a team and used inclusive leadership to impact better results
0: leading a team using inclusive leadership yeah um when i worked for the kohler company kohler world leader in sinks baths toilets golf courses etc i ran one of their p l businesses profit and loss Mm -hmm. the experiential learning center And with this company, I had nine direct reports. And when it came to inclusive leadership, the members of my staff were incredibly diverse. One member, my intern was a pro boxer. Some of my other employees were um, more liberal arts background involved in the arts that just, you know, wanted to get involved in facilitation and running ropes courses. Other members were well-trained in corporate adventure based learning. And so in order to keep everyone engaged and to be highly inclusive, I designed very quickly a mentor program where members of the team, each person would write one thing they felt they were awesome at and on the other flip chart, one thing that they wanted to learn. And so the members of the team with all different backgrounds um, and experiences partnered with others. And this was a really great way for not only continued learning and rapid expansion of skills, whether it was technical skills, facilitation skills, or business skills, but it really built a lot of strong ties with the team. And I would say people felt extremely included. In addition to that, our department, as most departments did at the company, we did the Gallup engagement survey and my business and team had some of the highest scores worldwide. So, team members were included, their opinions counted, they had friends at work, and no one terminated in the four years that I was there. So, I was really proud of that. But that's just one example. That's inclusive leadership.
1: Wow. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I should just take a sip and shut my mouth because that was great. Um, how'd you feel about that story?
0: How did I feel about the story? Uh,
1: Before I you know, give some feedback.
0: I may have condensed it, but I thought I had a lot of energy and I thought the audience was probably kind of waiting to hear like what's next. So that was good.
1: Yeah, those are great qualities when you're delivering your story. Because if, if you're telling me a story, you I, I hope the listeners, if they're in the car, if they're, they can't see you right now, but you're smiling, you're enjoying the story. Clearly it's important. You explain those great results and how it meant... You know, nobody left in four years. Like that's powerful. Um, like, in and for you to be delivering it like that, a lot of times when we talk with people, not on this podcast, but when I've been working with a lot of people, it's their first time. You know, they're really nervous about telling the story, and they they're thinking too much, and they forget to smile, they forget to have fun. And not that you have to have as much energy and be bubbly, and, and you know, a lot of times people can think I'm being crazy, but. You don't have to be as crazy as me, but you should be enjoying the story that you're telling. So I really love that energy. You put in a nice framework. You 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 labeled it well from the beginning, and you talked about the pressure of bringing together a team with people from all over the place and all different backgrounds. As a listener, I was like, how are you going to tie this together? And then you did. You talked about how you designed the program and what you did specifically and how that led to the buy-in from everyone, that led to inclusivity, that led to getting more out of everyone and in fact, it led to them sticking around. So clearly there's satisfaction. There's there's a lot of enjoyment in that team uh, that you're able to cultivate. So I really love that you were able to tie that all together. And that was a really well-delivered star story. Thank you. So reflecting on that, I know that there's so much that you could have told, but uh, we're coming to the end. We're almost out of our tea. We're almost at work in the morning or coming home from the, at the end of the day, wrapping it down, winding down. Uh, I want to know... Before we wrap up and get out of here, what is one question that you'd like to ask for our LinkedIn heart and hard worker community to reflect and share?
0: Yeah, I'm always curious how do you keep yourself motivated through life's successes, challenges, and hurdles? What keeps you going?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's such an important question to reflect on something I think about a lot more. maybe maybe I, maybe I could even think about it less, but every day. so, we're going to post that up when we post this episode and hopefully we can keep that conversation going. We can keep sharing this podcast, keep these conversations spanning well beyond the fixed walls, but I it's been so awesome to share this time with you tonight, uh Sarah. I'm going to include the links to your website, sarascala.com, your LinkedIn, your Twitter so listeners can follow up with you for more information, learn more about your story and your your awesome resources. It's been a lot of fun getting to laugh with you. Uh we got some good jokes in there, getting your top three takeaways, you know, don't rush, have the emotional intelligence to realize when you are being motivated or being influenced by external factors, philanthropy throughout the process, not just at the end, and remembering to rest and take breaks so that you can keep the saw sharpened and that you can be your best and consistently show up as your best. And I love that you left us with that star story when you talked about the difference that inclusive leadership has made for you and clearly how it's taken you throughout your career. Sarah, thank you again for joining us for this episode of Heart and Hard Work.
0: Robert, thank you so much and have a wonderful day, everyone.
1: Please help us empower more people and share these conversations by following, liking, and commenting on our Heart and Hard Work community LinkedIn page. Your support, reflections, and feedback help us build more together and remind us of how much is possible when we take action with heart and hard work.